We're focusing now on a report by the Economist Corporate Network titled Spanning Africa's Infrastructure Gap, How Development Capital is Transforming Africa's Project Build-Out. Uh, it's based on interviews with leaders in private sector, multilateral and bilateral institutions that fund and support Africa-based infrastructure projects. We're speaking now to Kieran White, who's partner at Baker and McKenzie in the Johannesburg office. Kieran, thanks for your time uh, this evening. Uh, let's start just with our economic growth rate as a continent. Over the last few years, we've seen that it's been significantly higher uh, than the global economic average. But what? how big, though, is that infrastructure gap? Right. Well, um, when you look at the um, projected GDP growth in some of the economies within Africa, we're looking at about 3.1% versus perhaps 2. 6% in other economies. Obviously, everyone's waiting to see what is happening with the various economic changes that are taking place in the world today, not only in the financial sector, but the commodity sector, and obviously what is happening in the Chinese market. Mm. But there's certainly, we noticed, it's trends in the market, and obviously we are a law firm, so we then joined uh, forces with the economists. to research Africa infrastructure funding and that role that development capital takes in in the development of infrastructure, which is obviously uh, greatly needed in the continent per se. So the gap that Mm. we see, and this is all obviously the economists went in, they spoke to development finance institutions, export credit agencies, they looked at 22 African countries, five of those are in North Africa, 17 of them are in sub-Saharan Africa. And it's the total development capital spending on African infrastructure between 2009 and 2014 is estimated to be somewhere in the region of 328 billion US dollars. And then we wanted to find out which industries, which countries, and where was this capital coming from. So... The majority of that has obviously been invested in South Africa, somewhere in the region of about just over 25 and a half billion US dollars. And a lot of that went to our renewable energy program. Yeah. So, the, so the gap that we're looking at is what does Africa need and then what is available in the market? And, and that's the shortfall. And, mm. and, and this is all going to be uh, worked out vis-a-vis the, the growth of those economies what is available already, uh, what and which sectors are they going to concentrate on? Yeah, so, and and say, yeah. talking about talking about sectors, that's what I found quite interesting because often um, the narrative is that Africa is a commodity player, but when you look at the sectoral allocation um, in your report, uh, it seems to indicate that Africa is far from just a commodity play. That um, other industries is where we're seeing the funding going into. Correct. Yeah. So what we uh, the economists did. It uh, mapped uh, six categories of infrastructure. Uh, It looked at power, it looked at transport, it looked at commodities, including mining, it looked at water and sanitation, it looked at urban development, and then it looked at the communication sector. And when you go in and you have a look at that, the split um, was in, the majority obviously went to power somewhere in the region uh, of about $37 billion. The next biggest one was transport, and in that I would include road, airports, and ports. Mm. And then after that would be water and sanitation. Yeah. So that's how the split went on the, on, on the breakup between the various sectors. So I think there is this uh, 
misconception that Africa is just an exporter of commodities. Yes, at this stage in many countries that is true. However, we all know that for Africa to prosper, we need to get on with the beneficiation of those commodities yeah. before they are exported to the rest of the world. And in order to do that, you need capital, you need human resources, you need transfer of technology. Did you find anything interesting in terms of the, the focus on specific countries where the larger allocations actually went to? Well, uh, the interesting thing um, was, as I said previously, South Africa took about 27,6% of the funding. The next one was Egypt, which was at about 9,9%. This is what the economists, uh, their research mm. found. Next was Nigeria, only a third. Fourth was Morocco. Uh, fifth, Kenya. Sixth, mm-hmm. e- Ethiopia. Ethiopia was kind of the outlier there, in a sense, wasn't that's it? That's correct. Yeah, mm. that's a, it took about 5.7%. Um, and obviously, you know, just to uh, put this in context, this was for, you know, for the period yeah. of you know, 2009 to 2014. Then, obviously, there's what was fascinating for us that came out of the Economist study the top five lenders amongst the focus group, and obviously here we were looking at uh, the development finance institutions and export credit agencies, the, great, the biggest one was the World Bank, mm. which came in at about 22%. The next biggest was the DBSA, oh. which came in at 18%. And then there was the African Development Bank and, and others. So I think the interesting thing that came out for us there was where the DBSA fits. And, and what the DBSA has done. And, and what the is other, that? That is in, in, they have identified pivot countries that they're very interested in. And um, they have lent about 16.5 billion US dollars. Now, which I found in most, most surprising. But when you look at um, the role they can play I think that becomes very important when you start looking what came out of Davos over the last two weeks Mm. and the the role that uh, the African Development Bank can start playing in in that and what they are talking about. I think they call it the New Deal. Yeah. Uh, And that's all sort of based on, if you like, Roosevelt's plan to rebuild the U.S. economy some time ago. So... The plan that they've now got, and they spoke about in Davos, is about 160 gigawatts of new grid-connected generation capacity, which means that gives 75 million power connections. So that's like a 20-fold wow. increase in today's number. Yeah. So then you convert that into money, and obviously uh, the funding that's required, and we are somewhere looking between 60 to 90 billion US uh, billion a year compared at the moment, of $22 billion. So that's where you can see there's a shortfall. There's a huge so, shortfall, yeah. So then we're going to have to start looking to the multilaterals and the bilateral financial institutions um, to get more involved. And they've really got to um, hopefully step up. They've really got to triple their investment on an annual basis. Okay. So the overall spend on energy has to increase dramatically. I think in many instances... Uh, the African Development Bank states that it's somewhere in the region of 0.4% of, of GDP, and that's really got to step it up to 3.4%. Okay. 
um, and that will try and address some of the problems. The other interesting thing from the development finance institutions, they can somewhere go where the commercial lenders are perhaps nervous to go, mm. uh, and they can get involved in pre-feasibility funding. They can help with sorting out regulatory frameworks to create the certainty so private capital can flow okay. towards that. We're going to have to leave it there. Very interesting. Thanks for your time today, Kieran White, partner at Baker & McKenzie in the Johannesburg office.